Okay. We're starting late tonight. Very late. Sincere apologies. What happened? Oh, wonderful. Okay, we have to redo the call, I see. Halach, halach, hakol azach. There's a group of people They have nine people usually on the shir. Shir goes online. Then it gets on. Then it gets put onto the site shir.us. Um, people didn't sign on now, so they're going to sign on in the middle, and then they're going to all of a sudden have to. Un- oh gosh. And usually there's a group of people that come, but tonight is hectic. And she has the group. She goes up to nine people in the group. Oh boy! Okay, I forgot the recording is going. This Shabbos is Yom Kippur, and. The Pasha that we will read will be the Pasha of Yom Kippur. So obviously we're not discussing Pasha itself this week. The problem that we run into obviously is the last Pasha of Chumash Devarim, Vizayis HaBracha, known sometimes as just Bracha. And oh my gosh! As Zot Habracha doesn't get, although it's Chazak of the Torah, Chazak of the five books of Torah, although it is the culmination. Of all the five books, and, we, and then start again from Bereshis Bara Elikim. But this is read on Simchas Torah, on the Yom Tov itself, and therefore, since it won't be on actual Shabbos, we will try to have a class. I don't know; it doesn't work. I don't think. I believe Chalamayid also is going to end up Yom Tov. So I don't know when we'll talk about Vezes Habracha. Tonight we'll dedicate the shir, we'll devote the shir actually, not dedicate, we'll devote the shir to Yom Kippur, to Yom Kippur and its preparations, to Yom Kippur and some of its devotions, some of its meditations rather. To get a little quiet over there. What are you looking for? Yom Kippur. It's an interesting day. Amongst the markings of Yom Kippur, of which Yom Kippur is famous for, which Yom Kippur is taken in so, so seriously. We have Kol Nidre. We have the Ni'ila prayer. And then we have the Yiskar. The Kol Nidre is the night this is what we open at night Yom Kippur with the prayer that opens Yom Kippur preceding the evening service of Mayriv in Kol Nidre we say all the promises everything that we swore etc although we've already said Hataras Nidarim Hataras Nidarim on Erev Rosh Hashanah or any time till then And the Kal Nidre is a prayer that we ultimately tie ourselves and bind ourselves 
And there are many, many different instances and stories with the actual Kondidre itself, which we want to try to touch it on one or two tonight. We also have the Ni'ilah prayer. The Ni'ilah prayer is the prayer that closes out Closes out the Yom Kippur, that finishes the Yom Kippur, but Ni'ilah is the Lashon of closing out. <sighs> We've told the story before of Rabbi Garelik, Rabbi Gershon Mendel Garelik from Italy. I have to figure out how to get this guy off the line. Oh, no, not everybody's off the line. Okay, we close down the group for a change. Rabbi Gershon Mendel Garelik, when he came out to Italy the first time, He was welcomed, actually welcomed, but he was greeted. His congregation, which he was with, congregation that he served, was basically survivors. Survivors from the recent Holocaust, and being survivors, they all had different approaches to what they did and how they did it when it came to their service to God. Now, oddly enough, It's a person like this, a person, a survivor from the Holocaust, coming to shul, not oddly enough, but in our religion, we know that these souls, these neshamas of such people are the loftiest of souls. And therefore, when we come across a survivor from the Holocaust, and as unfortunately the years are going on now, they're dwindling. As you come across a survivor of the Holocaust, you look at them in awe. Rabbi Gerelik had a different experience. To Rabbi Gerelik, his congregation was compiled pretty much of Holocaust survivors. But they acted and served like every other Jew serves. And as they went on in Torah study and learning and praying, everything was pretty much of the norm until Rabbi Gerelik was given a shock of his life. The shock took place on Matzah Yom Kippur. Not Matzah Yom Kippur, but the end of Yom Kippur. Prior to the prayer of Ni'ilah, which is, which is the loftiest of prayers, which is now a time where the gates are being closed and the books are being sealed entirely for the year, Prior to the onslaught of Nila, one of the members of the shul walked over to the bima, to the Torah table, the table which the Torah is read, gave a clap, banged on the bima, 
Abigrelik was unaware of this, what was about to happen. And didn't know how to do, what to do, what was going on here. And therefore, as they banged on the table, okay, I got to put you together with the other people one second. I have to figure out how we do that. I have to remember. Um, my computer's not cooperating at all at all. Whoops. A wrong button. Oh, come on. Oh, wait a minute. This is how it goes. Okay. Plus. Um, add to call. There we go. Add to call. One second. We're just getting this on. Here it is. Okay, let's see if this works now. Add to call. I hope this is going to work. My computer's not cooperating at all with me tonight. Okay. Oh, my computer froze. Oh, sweet. Oh, there we go. Okay. And as they were about to start reading the Ela. The entire congregation rolled up their sleeves and they exposed the numbers on their arm, the number that they were given in the concentration camps. And they held up their arm with their numbers to the Aron Kodesh, to the Holy Ark. And with that they began the Ni'ilah. With the strength based on let God not listen to our prayers. We. What happened to this thing? Oh my gosh. We. Who had this number on our arm imprinted, impressed. We who survived such a horrific experience, namely the Holocaust. We are now praying to God to sign us for a good year. And as God will observe, back, as God will observe this on our arms, surely He will grant us a good year. We spoke before about Kal Nidre. Kal Nidre is a very interesting prayer. Guy keeps falling off. I don't know why. I don't know how it's working. The Kal Nidre is a very interesting prayer. In the 1940s, many Jews, as the war was dwindling down, found themselves in Russia. And being in Russia was not exactly the ideal place for an average Jew. Especially if the Jew wanted to practice any kind of Judaism. Again I lost him. So therefore, as As the Jews tried either to leave or tried to practice Judaism in Russia, they suffered many consequences for it. One such consequence was imprisonment. But imprisonment in a hard labor camp. Rabbi Moshe Greenberg was one such person who tried to leave the former Soviet Union. Oh my gosh. I don't know why this guy keeps falling off or how it keeps happening here. 
No, this is not the group. Okay. You know what, Pinchas, I'm calling you right back. I'm going to add you to a group. Hold on. I'm calling you right back. Um, okay. Let's get this group. Ah, that's what happened here. Okay. Okay, we're going to recall. We're making a new call. Okay. Now we're putting this contact. This contact into here. Shh. Oops, where do you go? Okay. No, 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 no. Oh my gosh. Rabbi Greenberg had a very, very interesting experience. That being, he davened one year, both Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur davening, everything He davened everything minus the Kol Nidre prayer. How did that come about? How was it that Rabbi Moshe Greenberg davened everything and he led the entire service, everything except for the Kol Nidre prayer? Circumstance had it in the camp that the people... very oppressed the summer was dwindling down and the people realized that the summer goes the high holidays begin as the high holidays begin you want to be able to pray you want to be able to daven you want to be able to have the machzer there were different people that came into the camp visitors, workers there was one worker Rabbi Greenberg looked and saw he must be Jewish and he walked over to the fellow one day, quietly, and he asked him in Yiddish, to Kensmir Helfen, can you help me? The fellow was shocked. Because if anyone finds out that he's Jewish, he's going to be killed. But a Jew is asking for help. He says, what do you need? I need a prayer book, the Magzer, with the prayers for Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. He said, let me see what I can do for you. And the man left. And a few days later, he came back and he told Rabbi Greenberg, I have a problem. The only moxer I can find belongs to the father of my girlfriend. And he refuses to part with it. He says, what will I do? So Rabbi Greenberg said, just bring it here. I'll copy it. Needless to say, he didn't have an HP or a Xerox copier. When they brought the Magzer, Rabbi Greenberg had built himself a box that he barely was able to fit into. He made a hole for light. And as soon as he got the Magzer, he crawled in and he got paper, as much as he can get, a notebook he got actually. And he copied the entire Magzer on the, in the notebook. He wrote it. Line for line. Except the Machzor was missing the page of Kol Nidre. Because he didn't have that. He couldn't say it. And all the people together that were together in the prayers, they could not compile in memory the words of the Kol Nidre. But the entire Rosh Hashanah and Kippur Davening was said because of Rabbi Greenberg's handwritten Magzah. Years later, he got out of Russia. He presented this Magzah to the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And the Lubavitcher Rebbe cherished this and put it in his library. A few years ago, Rabbi Greenberg's son was a shliach, I think, in Texas. went to the library and saw the Magzah 
his father's handwritten notebook, Magzah. And he asked if he could copy it. It was frail. He didn't write it over. <laughs> he took a copy machine and he made copies of the entire book, the entire Magzah. And he uh, held on to this next to him as he did his prayers throughout Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Obviously, he didn't use it to save from prayers from it because he needed a book for Kalnidri. And many such stories during the Spanish Inquisition in Amsterdam. But one story of Yom Kippur it stands out. There are two. One that stands out more to me was a chassid of Mendel Futafas. The Mendel Futafas we've spoken of many times. I personally have... Oh gosh. I personally have very fond memories of Reb Mendel since he said... The last bracha under my chuppah, where are they going to? So Mendel was very, very close with us ourselves in that way. And therefore, the Mendel Futafas Was a very, not because of my wedding, but it was a very, very special chassid. I believe we told a story recently about him, with him being in prison. One of the things that he had in prison, in solitary confinement, was he had three questions that he wanted to ask the Rebbe. And he thought of the questions, he had no paper to write it on. And he thought of the questions, he thought them out. And he sent these questions to the Rebbe. Telepathy. Telepathy is a strange way to expression to use it, but that's how he sent it. Let's see if this works. Shalatova. Who did I lose now? I don't know, but I lost one person now. How did I lose one? Shana Tova. And then... Now I lost another person. How did this work here? you got to come here because this, this team just doesn't behave. Did I put a guy on hold? Where's the other guy now? Let's see what happens. So a mental foot of us in prison. Oh, he went offline. Okay. A mental foot of us sitting in prison. Was not going to miss Yom Kippur. Not going to miss any holiday for that matter. And so Mendel fasted. The Mendel did what he had to in Yom Kippur. And each night Reb Mendel would sit and daven. Three times a day he would daven. One night Reb Mendel was sitting and saying Krishna Shalamita. Sorry. During Yom Kippur prayers, in the prayers it says about the Jews being believers, all Jews, all Jews are believers. And Mendel couldn't grasp that. Are all Jews believers? Was it not the hand of Jews that threw him into prison? Was it not the fellow of Asexia, who were Jewish 
agents that landed him in prison. All Jews believe. But the question remained and he continued praying. Ultimately, days later, he was sitting one night saying Kriyashma Shalamita, the Kriyashma before one goes to sleep. And from one of the many, many beds in the cell pounced off Ivan. Ivan was this ferocious murderer, thief. People were petrified of him. Ivan jumped off the bed and Ivan came over to Abendel. Everybody was sleeping. And he says to Mendel, you're Jewish, right? Mendel said, yes. He says to him, I'm Jewish. You're Jewish? I'm Jewish. Don't tell anybody. He says, don't tell anybody, I'll tell you something else. It was a few days ago with Yom Kippur. I fasted Yom Kippur. Mendel was shocked. You fasted Yom Kippur? That's right. I fasted Yom Kippur. <laughs> what do you tell Ivan? He says, the night before, the day before Yom Kippur, I said to the doctor, to the people, I was, to the guards, I was sick, I was feeling pain, I was in pain. So they took me to the infirmary, which is another cell but with a different separate bed from everybody else. I was alone, locked in there. Now I can spend my Yom Kippur. I remember Jim Kippur, my grandfather would take me to shul. My grandfather would daven, would pray with tears. Bitter tears. I said, no. I guess that's how we have to pray. So I too am going to pray with bitter tears. How do I pray? What's pray mean? Then he remembered. One prayer. One prayer he remembered. A prayer that his grandmother would say with him every morning. It came to him like a lightning bolt. The Maidani. A prayer that he remembered being a prayer. He says, I sat the entire Yom Kippur crying and repeating over and over, I cried with bitter tears. I didn't wipe my tears off my face. I let my tears flow. That's how I spent my Yom Kippur. Until at night... Ivan said to Mendel, but don't tell anybody. And many such stories of Mrs. Nefesh Yom Kippur. Let us reflect a little bit on Yom Kippur itself. The Gemara tells us, Arba Nichnesu, the part of this, four people went into part of this, into the garden. The garden meaning referring to the garden in heaven. They ascended to heaven. They wanted to understand godliness. One was Ben Azai, 
As he looked into the garden, he died. One of the kids? One of the guests? I mean... Benazai went up and he died. Ben Zayma went up and looked and he went mad. Rabbi Akiva, Nichnas B'Shalom, V'yetze B'Shalom. Went in and left in peace. And Elisha ben Avuya became an apostate, became an apicurus. Rabbi Elisha ben Avuya's star student was Rabbi, was Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir, even after Rabbi Elisha ben Avuya became an apostate, Rabbi Meir would learn with him. Rabbi Meir would learn with him. And there was a time once Rabbi Meir was walking behind him and Elisha was on the horse on Shabbat, on Shabbos. And they, they were going, they were tra- he was drive, riding the horse and he was walking and he was learning. <coughs> Suddenly, Elisha ben Avuya told him, stop, you can't go any further. You have reached the Tchum Shabbat. You have reached the distance that one is allowed to work. Give me a cup, quick. You have reached the distance one is allowed to walk on Shabbat. I was able to count from my horse's footbeats, the measure as to how far you are allowed to walk. And Rabbi, Akim, and Rabbi Meir said to him, please, he asked him a question of how do you translate the glass and gold The golden glass cannot equal and he translated may have translated the words of Terah which are hard to acquire like vessels of fine gold but are easily destroyed like vessels of glass and Acha said that's not how your teacher Rabbi Akiva translated it Rabbi Akiva translated just as vessels of gold and vessels of glass can be broken, they can always be fixed. And Rabbi said, and you too do tshuva, repent. And he told him, and they told him, I heard the voice from heaven, Macheri Apargud, he said. And Macheri Apargud from behind the veil, the curtain. They said, Return you backsliding children, Shavubanim, Chutz Meacher, except for Macher. Rebbe was referred to as Acher. And therefore, I have no hope, there's no way I can repent. And the Gemara continues. As we spoke before about the, the Tchum Shabbos. And when he told the mayor go back, he says, you also go back, go back and do Tshuva. And again he told him about the Baskal that he heard, the voice from heaven. So the question is, he already told him about the voice. Why did Emea persist and ask again? But the Gemara tells us further. Reb Meir convinced Elisha Acher to come with him to Beis to come to Shul, come to, shul, to a school, to a cheder. And as he walked in, he asked the child, What are you learning? And the child said the Pasuk, V'lerosha Omar Alekim Ma'lechol Esaper Chukai Hashem said to the wicked, What have you to do to declare my statues, my, my Torah studies? 
But unfortunately, the child stuttered and didn't read properly. And instead of Vilarasha, he said Vilarisha. To Alicia, what are you doing? Why are you studying my Torah? And Alicia turned and he said, If I would have a knife, I would destroy this child, Now again, the question comes back why did Ramea not believe him? And what deterred now? What changed his mind now and his attitude and his approach? The word Acher means a stranger, means another person. A person does not sin until stupidity enters, folly enters his mind. And therefore a person, and as modern psychology we talk about the Jekyll and the Hyde, but as Terry refers to him as Acher, the other personality within the person that makes the person sin. Aristotle was once seen acting like a Meshuggan, like a boor, eating like an animal, sitting in disgustingly, and he was such a sophisticated. And someone asked him, Aristotle? He said, no, I'm not Aristotle. He was the Acher. So when Elisha ben Avuya heard the heavenly voice of the Acher not being able to repent, he always attributed to that Acher, to that other personality, not being able to repent. But when now he heard the words of the interpretation of the child in Yeshiva saying that Elisha cannot repent, this broke him. This destroyed him. But the main point of the Yom Neroyim, of these days of awe, Rosh Hashanah, Aserasim Echuva and Yom Kippur, we must take stock what has transpired throughout the course of the year. We have to make a cheshman and nefesh of what we did throughout our year. How we're going to improve on it. What we can do to better our coming year and our actions of the coming year. And the Yomara talks about Elazar ben Durdayah. Elazar ben Durdayah was a personality but went off the Jewish path and started to go to a very decadent life. He led a very decadent folly of life with low moral situation. One day Someone laughed at him. What are you doing in this way of life? The famous story with the dog got lost in the forest. And it would run with the wolves. They look almost similar. It would run with the wolves, it would eat with the wolves, it would lie with the wolves. And the wolves let it run. Let it exist, coexist with them. The wolves have an affectionate way of saying hello. They rub noses together. And when the wolves are rubbing noses, the dog too stuck his nose out to rub his nose. And they said, no, at can. That's where you stop. You're not one of us. There's an open one in the cabinet. No, I hate it. 
That where we draw the line. And here Elizabeth the Daya heard this people mocking him, saying, You don't you're not one of us. He received a tremendous chukka, a yearning to repent. And he turned and he said, the Yamada says, Mountains and hills, ask for mercy, ask me, ask mercy for me. The mountains and the hills said, For you, we have our own issues. So he said, Heaven and earth, ask mercy for me. They too answered the same. Sun and moon, ask for mercy, and they too replied, Stars and planets, ask for mercy for me, and they also said, I'm sorry, we have our own issues. And Loza sat in the ground, and he says, says the Gemara, Einat dovar tolli elabi. It all depends on me. And he repeated these words over and over and over with tremendous, tremendous distress, with bitter tears. You didn't find the other one. Oh. And he repeated the words over and over until his neshama left. Till he expired, he passed away. With the words of Ein Nadavar Tolalabi on his lips. And so a va- baskal came down from heaven, said, Elizabeth ben Dudaya is worthy of Chaim Nitzchia, Elam Haba. He merited Elam Haba with this. Now the truth is, he sought the easy way out. He decided to take a shortcut. What he did was doing was wrong, he knew what he was doing was wrong, and therefore he decided, let me try to find a reason for this, an excuse for it. Mountains and hills, my parents, you didn't educate me properly. It's your fault that I became what I became, you spoiled me, you were too busy to take care of me, you didn't have time and patience to supervise me properly. And... He was rejected. Sorry, buddy. You can't blame them. And then he turned to the heaven and earth. And he said, society. I was exposed to society. I was exposed to different elements of people. Had I been exposed to pure air, it wouldn't have happened. I said, no, you can't pass the buck. Sun and the moon, says the Gemara, or the Chumash Tate actually says, this is the symbol of affluence. The sun gives the crops, gives things that grow. And the moon has its own yield. Again, referring to all the material existence that he lived. That is the reason I became one. No, it did not work. And he even turned to the stars and the planets, trying to refer to the mazel. I was such, I had such good mazel. I was lucky with everything, and everything always went my way. And they said, "No, sir, ain't mazel Yisrael." And finally, his plea, Elizabeth Daya, saw that there was nowhere else to turn. He finally found the truth. And he said, It all depends on me. Who was this actual personality, Elizabeth Dudaya? According to the Kabbalistan, in the Hadaris, he had the Nisham of Yechen and Kain Gadol. Yechen and Kain Gadol served as a Kain Gadol for 80 years. <coughs> and at the end of his life, became an Apicatus. Different stories, why, how. Became an Apicatus. 
His neshama now came back down to Elizabeth to die and had to be repent, had to do tshuva for this. The Maram of Prague says no. It's a nice explanation. I'll pick Kabbalah. The Maram of Prague says there was no such person. Elazar ben Dedai is a mushal. Elazar is Kael Ezer. The word, the acronym for the Abishta helps. God helps. Durdaya in Aramaic is the sediment, the sediment on the bottom of the barrel of, the, of wine. Is referred to as Durdaya. The lowest quality. And the mushal is that even the person who feels that they are low of low in the sediment, Zakhmadir know that Kale Ozer Azer, the Abish is always there to help. And from this we see Yesh Kaina Achas. Yesh a person a person can acquire his world in one hour and this we see in the simple words and the simple fact of the story of Allah ben Durdaya very quickly the customs of Kaparis as we know it is customary throughout the Aseris Mechuvah obviously not in Rosh Hashanah to do Kaparis the mitzvah and amuvcha is to do it on Ashmeris Habeker before sunrise on Erevim Kippur. There's different problems sometimes presented with that as to where the chicken is going to go, etc. Therefore, people do it a little bit earlier so they know the chicken is going to be koshered and put where it belongs. The main part, mainstay of the mitzvah, of course, as we know, is besides after the kaparas itself. And saying Zechalifasi three times over the head, a male with a male chicken, a rooster, and a woman with a hen, a pregnant woman with three, well, there's, a, there's two days, some say two, but the Arizal said three, because in case it's a girl, then the woman has one for herself and one for her daughter. In case it's a boy, she uses a rooster. Um, if she knows she's having, if they're having twins, they have to have five. Today's day, the modern day Rabbanim, they want to tell you that if you can find out via sonogram what the child, the gender of the child, then perhaps you could only have to have for the mother and the child. But we don't, we try not to know. We try to keep this, the covered world, Alma Discassia. The Bnei Adam is recited three times and Zechalifasi three times. With each B'nai Adam, we recite the Zech Fasi. There are different customs of that as well. Ultimately, we turn the chicken over our heads nine times. Erevim Kippur, it's also a custom to ask for Lekach. The asking of Lekach, of the honey cake, and we eat from it as well, even if you're on a diet. And we get the blessing... Shana Teva And the reason, of course, is that we're asking for the Lekach and we're saying, I'm asking now so that I should never have to ask throughout the year again. It is customary to eat as much as you can in Arabim Kippah. Psychologically, we eat for two days, but we're supposed to take do that so that we're eating for Yom Kippah as well. Throughout this year, it's on a Shabbos. Then there's still the Mavsekis, which is after Mincha. And we finish off, of course, before this Manadakas Natus. The fast should be 26 hours. Before going to the mikveh, gone usually three times. Men go to the mikveh three times. Women, many women have a custom to go to the mikveh on Erevim Kippur also, regardless of their status, if they're capable, actually. 
In the morning we go to the mikveh, and the second time is before mincha, and the third time before kol nidre. Before the tefillah, before going to the mikveh and mincha, we get malchus, lashes. Person lies on the floor, north-south direction, not east-west. Is back to south, face north. And the person gives him Malchus with a leather strap. And as the Malchus are met, are meted, there's the recital of Uhu Rachim Yechaperoven Velayashkis. Pasuk obviously has 13 words. It's done three times, which is ultimately 39 Malchus. The person giving the malchus starts on the right shoulder of the person getting the malchus, goes counterclockwise, vehu rachum yechaper, to the bottom of the spine, to the right shoulder, the left shoulder, and the bottom of the spine. And both the person hitting and the person getting say together, vehu rachum yechaper, oven yashkes. And this is done, 39 lashes. Kol Nidre is usually started approximately Shkia time and goes on into Shkia, after Shkia into the Zman and therefore it is sung slowly it is sung three times um, sorry I forgot I neglected to say that by Kaparis it is customary and it is to remember to do the bracha of Kisidam Ba'ofar to have prepared sand and they put the blood onto sand of the chicken and we cover the blood and we make the bracha. Many kabad we do not say for the first time, we do not say shachiyano even. Many people do. The kaparas, and we'll leave you with the question, and it's not a takeo of a question, I'm sure you can find answers to them. The difference between tashlich and kaparas, so everybody can figure it out. And if you don't, you can email me that you can't sleep at night and Bill and other will send you an answer. Um, but at this point, we wish everybody a Gmar Chesimateva, Shana Teva Masuka, and David should give us all the, all the blessings that we need. Panosa, Chalkola, Geula, mainly Geula, Amitas Hashtema, and all those who need Refuas, Shbirafuas, Yeshuas, all the salvations, and we ask Mechila, everyone has to ask Adam Echaveri, as Adam Lamokim is done on Yom Kippur itself, so therefore it's important that we find anyone that we did, and I'll use the tool of the internet at the moment, that as many people as I reach out to, and that if, and God forbid, I slighted them in any which way throughout the course of the year, I hereby ask them Mechila, and so too God should forgive us, we should be forgiven totally, and we should start with a clean slate and as the father looking down adoringly at his child who now has done everything that he can and everything that he asked him and has done it right and the same smile that the father would give a child so, so too our father in heaven Avinu Avar Achaman should smile down on us and should send us our Gul Amita Ashlema before Yom Kippur Shana Tevim Sukkah